If you like sports talk with absolutely no sports talk, then welcome to the year-end edition of the Just Not Sports podcast. Normally, this is a show where a few guys who work in and cover sports get together and talk to athletes or sports media members about anything they like, just not sports, and we wrap it up with some little discussion and things like that. This week, it's just going to be me for our Christmas special. This is Gareth Hughes coming to you from the Brooklyn Bureau. And with the holidays coming up and everyone hectically trying to get their lives in order, wrap up their year, get things together for the families and last minute travel, I'm handling the episode this week. So we're doing it a little bit differently. So the, the intro will be short, no hammers or anything like that. And then we're just going to get to an interview, but it's actually one that we had set up for this occasion a while ago. Uh, a gentleman I work with, Mark Young, is, I mean, it's funny, I get to call him talent. He's a writer, he's on air, he's covered just about any sport that includes a ball at this point. Um, He's someone that I've learned a lot from. I quote him often with some wisdom on television and how to make it, sports television in particular. Um, Great guy. And someone worth knowing and worth talking to. And he's British. Not that we'll hold it out against him. Ha ha ha. Uh, No, so he's talked to me for years about how important the Queen's Christmas Day address was to him. We've worked together during football season, so it always falls during the holidays. And so with that in mind, I reached out to him and just said, hey, can we sit down in person and just tell me about that? So... What you're about to hear is our interview. Uh, It's lovely. It's warm. It's intimate. It reflects the character of the man who gave it, Mark Young. And I hope you all enjoy it as a way to get ready for your Christmas. Maybe you listen to it while driving to the family. Maybe you listen to it to escape your family. But um, I think it'll really set the mood nicely for the holidays. So here you go. Mark Young on... The Queen at Christmas. As you guys can hear, our next guest is the editorial director, comma, FIFA World Cup. You've seen him on Fox Sports. You've, you've, what's that? It's FIFA, Editorial Director, comma, FIFA World Cup on Fox. Oh, sorry. Editorial Director, comma, FIFA World Cup on Fox. Thank you. Never missed the comments, guys. Yes. Well, or the network of record. That's probably a bigger (laughs) issue. Uh, uh, Is Mark Young. Uh, Frankly, he's a brilliant writer. He's great on air. He's one of my favorite people in television. And as you can hear... Um, he's smarter and more sophisticated than I am because he's British. By simple oh, wow. virtue of that fact, you you no, uh, that's unfair. Uh-huh. I'm just smarter than you because I'm smarter than you. It's nothing to do with you know with you your were, roots or anything like that. You were very smart, Edgar. Uh, well, you don't need to no uh, false modesty on this podcast. Okay, yeah, there you go, there you go. Well, so we're here. This is our. This is going to be our end of year special, and it's because. For years of working together, every time I, around this time of year, I speak to Mark, and he mentions the Queen's speech, which, if you're an American and you're listening to this, every year 
on Christmas Day, the Queen of England gives her address to the nation. It's, it, is it sort of like a State of the Union? Uh, no, I don't actually think it is that, because she does the, when Houses of Parliament open, she gives a speech then, which is written by the government, whoever okay. it might be at that time, and she gives that speech, and that's kind of a here, you're little, you're, you're, little you're, state of the union. Yeah, there, you're a little low, Mark. A little low. You're, well, you're, we're talking about the queen. We have to be respectful, Garrett. Um, no touching her, right? Oh, no, heavens. No, 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 no. None of that. You can't speak to her unless you're spoken to. I mean, I sound like I've met her, but... I, I okay, so let, let's... Let, go let's go, okay, so this isn't quite a state of the union. This is its own thing. It's its own thing that, uh, as I understand it, uh, and kind of my perspective on this is more as as one of her subjects. Uh, <laughs> we won't talk about how old I am, but as a little kid, and I'm talking late 60s, early 70s, uh, the only time you really heard the Queen speak, certainly in my memory, was on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. when she would appear on television, I think it was simulcast on the radio, and you would get to hear her speak roughly 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Okay. And she'd kind of talk about what she'd done during the year. And she would send her greetings to, to the country. And just Would so, she send it to the country or to the far-flung oh, reaches the, yes, of the, the monarchy? Com- the Commonwealth. The, yeah. The, the whole bit. Uh, Canada, with, Australia. Uh, Kenya, Uganda, on and on and on. Uh, probably in those days it would be Rhodesia. You know, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and... It was just, you know, here's this person who is, she's not a mythical figure, but her silhouette is on every coin you ever hold in your hand or every one pound note in those days. You buy a stamp, mm-hmm. there's her silhouette. And, and as a little kid, this was just, who is this magic person? <laughs> right, you know, this right. kind of Gandalf character. Uh, which I said with great respect. Um, and so it's just always something that as a family, and I, I will say this is a working class family, um, you couldn't miss it on Christmas. It was part of Christmas. Now, obviously I've lived here a long time. Um, so I don't always see it on Christmas day, but you can, you can get it on the BBC online. Yeah. And, I actually try to do it on Christmas Day because for me that's part of the tradition, but I don't always get to do that. And of course, these days it just always feels like somebody like me wrote the script. (laughs) Someone like you is probably (laughs) writing the script, (laughs) you know? Which is a terrible thing. You know, the the whole thing with the royal family for years now has been don't let the lighting on the magic, that phrase. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. But my memories of before that kind of light did kind of shine on the magic. But. but it's still very much, I think, a part of anybody's Christmas in England, uh, Britain, by extension. And, um, and long may she, frankly, continue to do it. Um, it. It's always kind of been something that's part of Christmas, certainly of my memories of Christmas. And, uh, you know, I, the King's Speech a few years ago, mm-hmm. that movie, Colin Firth, uh, they, they didn't show you. I don't think they showed you him doing the, the Christmas speech. I'm not sure when it started. Uh, but I remember seeing that movie and feeling like, wow. There's a, there's a lot more to these speeches than, than meets the eye. And I, I have no idea how long they prepare for it. Uh, you know, now I'm sure they shoot videos as the Queen goes to wherever she goes. Um, but mainly, I just remember hearing the sound of her voice and going, as a kid, that's what she sounds like. Well, I, I can't get over it. It literally knocks me back in my chair here. Um, 
to give you a sense of our our TV bona fides, we're doing this in a control room yes, where you are. just wrapped a show. Yes. Uh, but you said mythical figure, and that just about blew my hair back because it make it makes sense to me, and especially as you put it. Christmas is such a time where kids are just hyper aware, you know, like their sensory overload is cranked way up. I have two small children watching them, everything around Christmas, the sights, the sounds, the songs, the cookies, whatever they get into and they know that it's a big deal. So to add in the middle of that to a young kid, that this is the one time of year you're going to get to see or hear from this person I could understand how that would feel larger than life or how it was like they opened the, like the wizard opens the vault, but once a year and comes out and that's, it it was very much that. I think think it was also interesting to me as I think about it, as we chat is obviously to me, the most important thing with the presence was Mm -hmm. coming coming down the stairs with my brothers and sisters and going into the living room and and seeing. I wouldn't believe you if you told me, no, the queen meant more to me than that. But what was important to my parents was the Queen's speech. The ones mm-hmm. who absolutely Christmas lunch had to be finished and cleared in time for the three o'clock broadcast. Hmm. That, that was important to my parents. Right. I, I think that's, you know, who, who passed on for some time now, but for them, you just couldn't have Christmas without listening to hear what the Queen had to say. It was just a hugely important part for them. And and that certainly comes across to you as a little kid, seven, eight, yeah. nine, ten, etc. And I just remember very much because um, my mom loved everything to be cleared up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that. And if it wasn't quite done, that was like the one time of the year when there could be dirty plates in the sink in the kitchen. <laughs> right. Because now we've all got to get into the living room yeah, yeah. to listen to the Queen. And you would, so at this stage, you're listening, not watching? Was it a uh, radio broadcast or television when you were going? I, I think he, vaguely, I remember being on TV. Uh, when I was a real little kid, you know, it'd be black and white. I think there was only three. It was like the days of like BBC One, BBC Two. Maybe it was ITV at that time, late 60s. Um, but we didn't get a color TV until it was probably you know, early 70s in, in my family. Um, so I don't quite remember as much the visual impact of it. Mm-hmm. It was hearing her voice. Yeah. yeah. It's just, wow, this person actually, the person on the coin actually talks. <laughs> And, and and that's just just part of Christmas for me. So you've been in the States a while now. Yeah, a long time. But long this time. is still something you hold on to every Christmas. Are you at least aware of it? Do you, even if you don't catch it that day, do you try to read oh, what always. she talks about? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. You know, I, I've been here 30 years. And one of the toughest things when I first lived here, Christmas holidays were always the toughest. In a way, still are. I mean, I, I have a grown family now. And I actually have grandchildren. So there's a lot of wonderful, wonderful kind of traditions of my own that, you know, right. developed over the years of my own family. And that's fantastic. But when you first live here, it's kind of, I'd never experienced Thanksgiving. Yeah. Which I have to say at this point is my favorite holiday. Uh, obviously we have the 4th of July in England, but uh, that just comes between the 3rd and the 5th, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think so it means that, a little something yeah, different there. Yeah, yeah. Nothing to me. I don't know yeah. what you're all going on about. Um, but, but Christmas day and actually boxing day as well, the day after Christmas uh, is, is kind of, you know, it's just, Christmas is so quick, fast, in a hurry here. Yeah. And in England, you know, you're, you're getting two weeks off, you know. Right. Whatever you're doing. I mean, everything stops for, for, for between, you know, like Christmas Eve and the day after New Year's Day. And you get all the big soccer games around Boxing Day and all those kind of things that, 
are just not part of the culture here. So when I was first living here, I certainly missed those things, but it was odd. I was like, it's Christmas. Where's the queen? <laughs> right, Where is right. she? And of course, the first couple of years, there was just no way to get a hold of that. And then one Christmas, my wife bought me a shortwave radio. I'd been here about oh. three years. My father had a shortwave radio growing up. I love where this is going. And there were two things I would always try and listen to on that shortwave radio would be BBC Live Sports on Saturday lunchtime here to get the soccer results. Okay. Which, can you imagine that now? I mean, you know, the internet's... There's more soccer going on the internet than you put in the Library of Congress. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and on Christmas, trying to get a hold of the Christmas broadcast uh, for, for the Queen's speech, uh, which I did a few times. And now, obviously, these days, and not for a long time, uh, you can get the broadcast online. And I don't always get, as I say, I don't always get to do it on Christmas Day, but, but I certainly always listen in. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure it has the same impact anymore. There's a lot of things, obviously, that kind of get into your head that, blah, blah, blah with, you know, the royal family and all the rest of it. But to, to, to not listen to what the Queen has to say on Christmas, that I, I, I miss it terribly the years I wasn't able to do it. I'm glad that uh, even though I've lived here a very long time and I love it here, uh, that's the one thing that, not the one thing, but it, it's it's just a great memory. And I, that and I Spotted just, Dick? I'm not a big Spotted Dick guy. <laughs> steak, steak and kidney pie? Okay, now... In all seriousness, I'm not trying to steer it into a spotted dick conversation because we all that's have not, it. Yeah, yeah. That's not. Uh, but don't have it without custard. you got to have yeah. it without custard. That, that's my only culinary tip on spotted dick. Well, no, but I, did, I, I was working with an editor recently, and she was from England. And just, I was making small, and there's a lot of downtime in an edit room. And I, I said, do you watch Particularly the with Queen? you. Yeah, yeah okay. I've noticed how many years. Do you, I was like, we were joking around about, being British and, you know, like cultural norms there versus here. And I said to her, oh, do you watch the Queen on Christmas? And she, oh, well, every year. We all sat down as a family. Mm -hmm. And so... See, she is English. She wasn't She's in her you. 20s as well. And, and so that was where I was like, huh, this might be... Look, I'm not saying that I don't believe you, but when you start to hear that sort of stuff from different people who you know from a different context than I know you, and there are 40 years between you two. Hang on, hang on. 30 Boy, years, whatever. Okay, thank you, whatever. Let's get the math right. Okay, fair, fair. <laughs> but there's 30 years between you two, and it seems to carry the same meaning. I mean, like, the look on her face, the tone in her voice, the shift that happened when she started talking about it had a seriousness to the same way that you've always spoken about the Queen's speech. It does seem to be something solemn. And frankly, I use solemn on purpose, like... Around the holidays, there is tradition and solemnity, and that's kind of okay. Like, that's a not a bad thing to experience well, once yeah, a year. I mean, imagine, in all seriousness, it's the 4th of July, and you don't get to see fireworks. Right. 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 I mean, there's all kinds of things around the 4th of July, but you want to enjoy the fireworks. You know, there's certain things that make that day special and, and bind, you know, everybody you know. Right. You know. I don't know this person that you're talking about, but right away. You and Lucy could have a conversation. Absolutely. I, yeah. I absolutely know what she's talking about for whatever reason. Frankly, you could argue rightly or wrongly, but there's just something about what the queen represents still um, that is kind of above politics you know, in this age where we're all, wherever we are on the political spectrum. And I'm not going to say everybody in England loves the queen, but... I think the vast majority of people still, still, still 
respect her and what she stands for, and maybe some of that is nostalgia, and maybe some of that's wishful thinking. Um, but at Christmas time, you still want to have that moment when you do what you've always done. You tune in and you listen to the biggest symbol of the country talk to you. And you, you may not agree with it, you may not whatever, but somehow it makes you think, good, the island did not break away further and <laughs> right, 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 right. into the middle of the Atlantic. Right. There, there is still something stable that you can cling on to in this world. And whatever reason, whatever's going on in the year, you know, it doesn't have to be obviously this crazy year of 2016. What's the queen mean to you? Well, that's a, that's a great question. I remember years ago, I went to London with my eldest daughter. She was about six or seven at the time. Mm-hmm. As I said before, I've only ever seen the Queen once. And I, I grew up in Birmingham, second largest city in England, a very industrial city. And Who's your team? I was born in a town called West Bromwich, and I am lucky enough to support the world's greatest soccer team, and that would be West Bromwich Albion. <laughs> and don't let anybody tell you different, Gareth. <laughs> don't let anybody tell you different. Um, I am indeed, you know, yeah. the editorial director. You're, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, so if he tells, if you oh, tell us I that they're... I am not misleading yeah. you. I yeah. am not mis- misleading you here. Don't be worried about tables or, yeah. you know, in America, we call them standings. Don't, don't worry about those things. They're the world's greatest football team right there. Green rectangle of heaven. The whole <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> Many a boxing day I've been there. But anyway, another story. Getting back to the Queen. So I go to England with my, my daughter, uh, the the two youngest we were not big enough to travel in those days, and we didn't have the money. Um, Sorry, Sam. Yeah, yes, that's right. And, and my youngest, <laughs> Emily. Uh, but so I'm going with Bethany, my oldest, and we're visiting my parents and my brothers and sisters. Their kids are all roughly the same age as Bethany was at the time. So we decided we're going to go to London. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bethany's like, she's going to see the Queen. Yeah. For whatever reason she has it in her head, she's going to see the Queen. And, of course, her mother now is 3,000 miles away because she's very sensible. She's in Connecticut with <laughs> right. the two youngest ones. And I'm going, oh, man. You know, all the way down on the train, we take the you know the intercity from uh, New Street down to Houston. We get on a buzz. If you go to London, by the way, if you've never been there, great thing to do is take the open-top buzz from Victoria Station. It does the whole tour. You see everything reasonably quickly. But the one thing you can't do uh, see the Queen. Is, is, <laughs> yeah, I never promised that, but you can't take the buzz up the mall and go by Buckingham Palace for security reasons, right? Right. So we've done everything, but we've still not gone to the palace. And so my daughter is like, we've got to go see, you know, when are we going to see the Queen? And we go to the palace, the Queen's going to be there. And I'm thinking, oh man, how's this going to go? And so off we trot, you know, we walk up the mall and, you know, we're coming along and there's palace, which frankly always looks a little bit like the Penn Station post office. That's, that's kind of the one of, that's one of the disappointing things, actually, about Buckingham Palace these days. That Once I saw the Penn Station post office, it kind of blew the myth of the palace. But anyway, um, so we, we're walking up there, and you know, there's, I think it's Victoria, right? His big statue is in the middle of the traffic circle there. Um, and we see all these policemen outside. Mm-hmm. And we all think, this is odd. Now, this is years ago. Right. This is, 20 odd years ago. But just a, it seemed like a lot of security. I mean, we couldn't figure it out. And uh, we're getting closer and closer. And we're kind of, because we got, you know, three or four or five little kids with us. And I'm like, nothing going on here. Right? So my dad says, I'll, I'll, I'll go ask the policeman. 
So my dad goes to ask, and he comes back and he says, the queen's coming out. And I look at him like, you know, my old man's not going to joke about this. It's been my right. brother or my sister right. or my other brother. I'm like, because obviously, you know, I'm like, I hadn't really talked to him so much about what am I going to do when my daughter can't see the queen. Right. Uh, yeah, I got to talk, but he obviously heard the conversation. And I was like, the queen's coming out? And he goes, yeah, yeah. He says, apparently she's coming out in 10 minutes for some ceremony. And actually what it was, uh, I believe it was a Commonwealth Games were going to be in Auckland, New Zealand. So you know with the Olympics, they light the torch in Greece. Schlep it all across and, and the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, the queen was going to present the torch. I don't know it was Steve Ovet or Steve Kramer. It was somebody like that to, 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 to light the torch. And the run was going to begin from the palace. How it was getting to New Zealand, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And so out comes this like very long red coat. Yeah. And this really big red hat. And somewhere in there <laughs> is this magical lady who had been speaking to me every Christmas day for the previous, you know, 35 years. And I'm looking at my daughter. I said, I don't know, she's six or seven at that time. And she had this look on her face that was, I knew she would be there. Right. Right. Of course, she's the queen. She lives in that palace. Of course, she's going to come out. And so that's another reason why I love the queen. Because, There's magic. Because it's magic. And she really saved me a tough day of explanations <laughs> to my seven-year-old. At yeah, the time. little girls can get into princesses, man. In a vi- hey, they're very you, real. You, you know, you're living it, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Getting back to your early point, I was surprised how cool I thought it was. And even now, as we're sitting here, I'm like, I can tell you, I saw the queen in person. Right. And I've been lucky over the years. Obviously, I've met a lot of well-known people. Yeah. Even interviewed and talked to him as you had. Michael Irvin just gave us hugs. Yes, he just wishes <laughs> you know? Merry Christmas. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> and he didn't even do it in a Jerry Jones voice. It was the real No, no, Michael that was Irvin. Michael. Yes, it was. Um, um, so, yeah, so that's again, you know, I was way too old to be thrilled by having seen the Queen from at least, I don't know, 25 yards. I mean, it wasn't yeah. any closer than that. And there was certainly a lot of people with machine guns between me and her. Uh, but, yeah, it's kind of still, to me, very, very cool that I, I get to see the Queen. What fascinates me about the Queen, and the one time I spent a significant period in the UK, it was during her Diamond Jubilee. Okay. And I was kind of flummoxed by the amount of pageantry and the coverage that went along with it. Mm-hmm. Saw some great concerts that went along oh, yeah. with it. Tom yeah. Jones, Shirley Bassey. Did you see Brian May play the national anthem on top of the Palace Roof? I've, I did not remember that. I think that was a Diamond Jubilee. That's okay. pretty cool. Let's look it up on YouTube. Yeah, and... He just is like Jimi Hendrix, you know. Oh, that's rad. That, yeah. No, cool. Well, so I guess what, I, like, all joking aside, like, in, your tw- in my 20s, I start learning about punk rock, and I'm like, the Queen sucks. The royal family sucks. <laughs> You know. Sex pistols. Man. Yeah, well, or just any of that. Like, you yeah, know, you have to like, look at Sid Vicious around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking Re- around Chelsea. Rebellion for rebellion's sake. Oh. See, but you're now American. you're American. That's well, cool. but now as I'm older, and maybe it's with fatherhood and things like that, tradition means something to me. And yes, yes. stability to means to something to me. I'm very glad to hear this. Is that what the royal family means to the UK? Oh, I think for many people. Yes, oh, I wouldn't, wouldn't question that at all. Um, I'm not sure that the royal family means that to me. Okay. 
But the I, queen? The queen, absolutely. The queen is different than the royal family at this point. Uh, for me, absolutely, yes. Okay. I, I wouldn't speak for the rest of the fellow citizens. <laughs> yeah. Or expats, which is probably more appropriate here, but... Uh, what was it I saw recently that the busiest polling place during an Australian election is in London? Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> so. probably true. that's probably true. But it's interesting, Yeah, I have a few Aussie friends, and I always say to them, well, why is she still the queen of Australia? Yeah. And... The answer, and this is what they always tell me, is, well, every now and then we look at what would be a presidential system, and we just can't figure out anything we can agree on. So mm-hmm. we just leave it the way it is. And maybe that's what we do in Britain. I don't know. Because you look at the political system right now, and whatever you think of Brexit and all the rest of it, it just seems that there's no political leadership in Britain on any side of the aisle at all. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm saying this from a distance. I'm not living there, but that's just the way it seems to me at the moment. Everybody's just trying to stall because yeah, they don't yeah, know yeah. what to do. But you do know what the Queen's going to do mm-hmm. on December the 25th. She's going to speak to the nation and she's going to say something. And every now and then, she'll you know get the scissors out and cut some ribbon and open whatever. And and, and you know nobody nobody can cut a ribbon. <laughs> like Queen Elizabeth II, let me tell you. Although I must say, Princess Anne, I'm going to give her some props here. I saw her present the gold medals to Sir Christopher Hoy, uh, the track cyclist yeah. at the London Games. I was working the London Games, and uh, that that was impressive. I okay. mean, she almost does it. That was it. good medal. Oh, man, she almost does it without moving. Yeah. And I've seen plenty of medals being presented at various Olympic Games. Easily the best metal presenter I've ever seen, Princess Anne, no question. So for that 15 minutes, how long is the speech? Like 15 minutes long? It's about 10, 15, yeah. So for that 15 minutes, is the, in that time, is the British Empire restored to its former greatness? The sun has not set? I, I think for me what happens is I'm restored to being an eight-year-old boy celebrating the magic mm-hmm. of Christmas. Chris, Christmas morning on all levels, does that anyway. Yeah. But that's a little bit of a cherry on top. That's... I have no idea what the British Empire is doing on Christmas Day. <laughs> I just I just know what I'm doing. Yep. And I hope she continues to do it for many, many more years. I just have one other question. What is Boxing Day? Ah, Boxing Day. Well, that's that's a really good question. I don't think there's any kind of. Uh, it's like how do you spell Hanukkah? You know, it, it means Chanuka. Chanuka, which uh, I don't know, but Boxing Day is December twenty-sixth. That we do know for sure. The the kind of the main story seems to be that uh, that was the one day of the year when the. Um, the people downstairs in Downton Abbey were able to come upstairs. Right. Uh, Lord, what's his name? I'm sorry. I'm Lord forgetting. Grantham. Lord Grantham, thank you. Right. So the cook and Mrs. Watsits and the butler and all the rest of them, they would be given a present in a box by the Lord of the Manor and would get the day off. Don't actually know if that's true, but I love that story. Uh, what it kind of has always been to me is it's in some ways equivalent to Thanksgiving in that it is a big sports day. Okay. So when I was a kid, there was always big horse racing on that day. and big Sport of big, Kings. 
big indeed, big big uh, because of this. We'll say football matches, but obviously soccer games. Uh, actually, the first soccer game I ever went to was a Boxing Day game. I think it was 1969. West Brom played Manchester City, mm. and that was uh, not very often. My dad wasn't a big soccer fan, um, but we went to him with that game, and usually every other year. Uh, your team will have a home game on mm-hmm. Boxing Day, so yeah, we would we would always go to that game. I mean, we obviously so got older, we went to as many games as we could. If I wasn't playing myself, I was going to the game. Um, but yeah, Boxing Day was. I mean, it was just, and it was also the time, at least in my family, I think this is true for a lot of families, when everybody would kind of get together. Yeah. So kind of a you try and I think here put Boxing Day and Christmas Day and Christmas Eve all kind of goes into Christmas Day type of thing. Mm-hmm. You got a little bit more time with that in England. So Boxing Day, you know, you kind of had the morning to get over Christmas Day and then you would either go to the pantomime in the evening mm-hmm. or if your team were playing at home, you'd go to the game. And then as a kid, we would always go to my grandfather's house when, when he was alive. And then later on, we'd be at my parents' house and then my older brother and sister were married. We'd, we'd switch back and forth going to the house. And I actually, uh, the one tradition I try and keep besides listening to the Queen is we actually do, uh, we throw a, a Boxing Day uh, extravaganza at my house uh, where a bunch of friends come over and we pull Christmas crackers and do daft things. And that'd be very Oh, Mark, if were I not in Vermont this year, I would, I would There's come no way catch that. You are, no way you're coming to my house. Oh. No way. I. You'd be very well. Well, thank you. The The thing that does intrigue me, and I'm going back to something you said earlier, and the pace. Like, as we look, as we near Christmas, I like what you had to say. Let's all slow it down a little bit. Take a break. It's so hard, though, man. I know. I mean, I, I love the sentiment of that, but, you know, I, I get why it is what it is. I mean, I, I, particularly, I mean, you've got a young family, and you're running around, and kind of want to make it special for everybody and you put that pressure on yourself um i think the I, more we do it though we realize if you make it special for the kids it will be special for absolutely everybody. i mean there's been no, a no lot pressure. of in the fan like okay we're like adults not buying gifts for each other and we'll send a donation in your name and i'm not saying we're doing that like and that makes us better than anyone else whatever tradition you want to do is fine but the more you strip away some of the bullshit why are we doing this bullshit of it and then you're like what actually matters here about the kids you know have a good meal give the kids the presents watch elf and yeah again it's kind of it's that wonder it's Mm -hmm. the wonderment that certainly my three kids when they were younger and they're gonna see a little bit like two grandsons are not quite there yet they're maybe a year away the older one where you kind of understand Christmas is coming, and that kind of oh, you know, maybe teenagers and older. It's like oh, I got to get right, whatever right, right, you know, right, the Google right, thing right, or right. the iPhone thing or whatever, um, or even Cabbage Patch dolls, whatever it is. It's Hatchimals this year. We got oh, one. I'm very excited. Excellent. Well done. Congratulations. But are you ran around to get it. I'm sure. No, we well, we enlisted in laws and uh, we took it outside of New York. And well yeah, yeah, there was a lot of work that went into that. And I'm sure your loved ones will be thrilled by it. And that's, yeah. that is, but I remember one of my favorite Christmas morning memories with our kids was we bought them sleeping bags. 
not even sure why they bought the sleeping bags. I just always follow my wife's lead on this yeah. stuff. But that is my advice for Christmas. Follow your wife's lead. Yeah, I've leader. taken your advice on that. <laughs> yes. And it's like Christmas morning is over. It's been fantastic. And it isn't yet time to call England. The phone hasn't yet started ringing. For right, England. right. And so we're just lying in the sleeping bags, reading books. Oh. And it was just like, I was like, man, you know, the Christmas tree's up. And it was great. Love that stuff. That is it. That's the whole season right there. It is. Yeah, it is. I agree. All right. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, man. Enjoy. So that was the interview. Uh, Thanks a lot to Mark for coming and sitting down for about a half hour there and telling us about, you know, British holiday traditions. In closing, I kind of feel the need to do one distraction. And that is, uh, I had a really interesting experience with a few friends and some strangers the other night, and we all came together, broke bread, got to know each other better, and had a really special evening with a bunch of people that didn't normally know each other. It was kind of a end-of-the-year celebration between a couple groups of friends. And so as we approach the holidays, as you go back home, as you look to sit down with family, uh, I guess my distraction would be no distractions. Put the phone down. Have a conversation. My friend Molly McCoy always used to play a game at parties where she would point to someone across the room and say, let's play make friends. Go make friends with that person. Play a round or two of make friends. Um, Just get to know somebody new over the holidays. Have a good conversation and ask interesting questions. Get to learn something. I think that at the end of the year, that's uh, just the best thing to do. It's been a very interesting year for Just Not Sports. Um, This is by way of an unofficial wrap-up. If we started giving thanks to everyone who needed it, uh, this would go on to be our longest episode, which is saying something because we're pretty verbose. But, um, you know, want to thank everyone who listened, who downloaded. want to thank everyone who came on the podcast as a guest. Uh, This was the – 2016 was the year – of more than mean, uh, which was seminal for us. And so I want to thank Julie DeCaro, Sarah Spain, One Tree Forest Films, Chad, Cooper. I mean, those people, look, in a collaborative medium, it's those people that you work with that lead to good things. And um, as Gareth, I feel a little weird saying it, I just I want to thank Joe. Adam and Brad for all their hard work and boys, it feels weird doing this alone, but you know, I miss you and look to get back to some full Voltron pods in the future. And with that, in the words of kinky Friedman, I believe may the God of your choosing bless and keep you have happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy new year may be safe and warm and well-fed, and we will see you in the new year. Booty rappers, stay booty. Booty rappers, stay booty.